بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا فسٹ آف جنوری ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی He forgives us our many failings in the previous year and also helps us to do what pleases Him in the forthcoming year. Amen. And I've reached verse 96 of Surah Al-Anbiya. So inshallah today going through up to including verse 97. And it is the 28th session. So verse 96. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Until Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj are led through and they swiftly swarm from every elevation. So this is one of the two places where Allah the Almighty and Glorious He mentions the Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj. So just to give you a few details with regards to who these creations are. The overwhelming mass of the blessed scholars, Rahimahumullah, they've stated that Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj are human beings that have descended from Adam and Hawa, alayhi salatu wasalam. There is a handful of scholars who say they are the descendants of Adam, alayhi salatu wasalam, but not Hawa, radiyallahu anhu. There is, however, no authentic proof for this position. It is therefore unacceptable. So the first thing to point out is, the belief is that they are human beings. There is some strange views mentioning that they are human in the sense they're from Adam, but not from Hawa. But that's not acceptable. Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, rahmatullahi, in Fat al-Bari, he said, none of the early Muslims held this opinion. except Qa'ab al-Ahbar rahmatullahi and he is refuted by the hadith they are the descendants of Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam and Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam was of course one of the descendants of Adam and Hawa so the great Hafiz Ibn Hajar Asqalani mentions which personality mentioned this and he mentioned this is incorrect because they're the descendants of Nuh and of course Nuh was the descendant of both Adam and Hawa So how exactly are they the descendants of Nuh? So in Ma'rif al-Qur'an, volume 7, page 447-8 of the English translation, Mufti Shafi, rahmatullah, he said, The Holy Prophet Nuh had three sons, Sam, Ham, and Yafith. So these are the three sons of Nuh, a.s.w. What did our beloved messenger mention about these three sons? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In Tirmidhi is Hassan, Hakim Sahih, Ruh al-Ma'ani, volume 23, page 98, Ma'arif al-Quran, volume 7, page 448 of the English translation. Samura ibn Jundub, he relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sam is the father of the people of Arabia. Ham 
is the father of the people of Ethiopia. And Yafith, that of the people of Byzantine. So this is where the race's origins are found. So those with the Arab lineage are from Sam. So this indicates this was the father of the Prophet as well. Ham is the father of the Abyssinians. Aye? Anybody from that part of the world. And Yafith, you could say the Europeans, the Byzantines. Hafiz ibn Katir, he explained further in Al-Bidaya. Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj are the descendants of Yafith, the father of the Turk. Yafith was the son of Nuh. So who was the father of Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj? It was the Byzantines. The father of the Byzantines, Yafith. So this is their lineage. What else is mentioned here? Their similarities in terms of their bodily features are that they are like the Tartars. In Imam Ahmad in his Muslim, the aunt of Harmala, she said, Rasulullah was once giving a sermon and he had his finger bandaged due to a scorpion stink. And he said, you say you have no enemy. However, you will continue to have enemies to fight until Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj appear with broad faces, small eyes, and reddish brown skin. Then he recited verse 96. وَهُمْ مِنْ كُلِّ Who will descend from every height. So this is in Imam Ahmad's Muslim. So what are their physical description? Just like the Tartars. They will have broad faces, small eyes and reddish brown skin. And then the Quran mentions they will descend from every height. Hafiz ibn Kathir, he commented in Al-Bidayah. There are those a people who have the racial characteristics of the Turks with small eyes, flat noses, reddish hair, and the same stature and color. Then Ibn Kathir warned, anyone who claims that some of them are as tall as palm trees and that others are square and others have huge ears, have then delved into something about which he has no knowledge. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So Ibn Kathir, one of the Hadith masters, he was aware of these reports. And he goes, this is nothing but stories about Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj. So there are very weak reports mentioning this. So it's important to highlight. There are reports. So for instance, Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, he relates that our beloved messengers reported to have said, Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj are of three types. One of which is like Al-Arz, i.e. the cedar. I asked, what is Al-Arz? He said, a tree in Syria, which is 120 cubits tall. He then said, these are the ones that cannot be confronted by any means of planning or power. A second type has one ear that he lays on the ground and lies on it. And he covers himself up with the other. They do not pass by any elephant. 
beast, camel or pig, but they devour it. And if one of them dies, they also eat him. Their vanguard will be in Syria and their rear guard in Khorasan. They will drink the rivers of the east and Lake Tiberias. So this is a hadith. So where is it recorded? In Tabarani, in his Ausat, number 3855, Al-Hirtami, in Majma Az-Zawaid, 8-6 states, its chain contains Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Attar, who is weak. So this narration is not strong in terms of its authenticity. And it mentions that there are three types of Ya'juj, meaning they're, they're not like normal human beings according to this report. And one of them is 120 cubits tall. <coughs> and it's doors the Hadith mentions that you can't challenge. And their ears are so huge, they use it as a blanket. And they eat everything, even their own dead. These weak reports cannot be used to substantiate concrete facts. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So now, that's the first thing. So you hear stories, I'm sure you've heard it. So we don't say categorically that they're not true. But we can't say it with any certainty. We only go by what's certain. They're human beings. So all of this used to be an exaggeration, but Allah knows best. It is also important to point out that the errors of certain personalities about these individuals. For instance, some have interpreted Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj as the atheistic developed countries which are greatly advanced in industry. <clears throat> so, if you look at what we know about the Quran and the Sunnah, what's the Prophet talking about countries? What's the point of mentioning racial features, lineage, and the rest of it? Others, they state they are the Zionist Jews. So, is that the racial description of the Zionist Jews? Undoubtedly, this at best is a misinterpretation or at worst a rejection of the sacred texts Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserves. So now why are they mentioning that? Because people get overawed by the advancements of science. So they try to fit in the sacred texts to how everything is developing. So one of the signs of misguidance <coughs> is that you stretch the text. He goes, this doesn't actually mean this. It's metaphorical. <coughs> the only time you can make something metaphorical if there's an indication towards that. If there's not, that's a sign of misguidance. So note, I want you to mention that in brief. Now let's talk about their numbers. The number of Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj would far, far outweigh that of the rest of mankind. So again, if they were atheistic Zionist Jews, they're just a handful of people in the world. So all of what I'm going to mention now, how does this fit in? In Bukhari, it is Sahih, number 6530, Sahih Muslim, number 222. Our beloved Messenger said, Sallallahu 999 out of a thousand of the children of Adam, alayhi salatu wasalam, will go to hell with only one bound for paradise. Do not worry, for out of these 999 hell-bound people, there will only be one amongst you. Whilst ratio-wise, there would be a thousand from amongst Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj. 
So this is a very famous hadith. So this indicates their numbers far greater than the normal human beings. Meaning that their numbers are immense. One glaring reason for this, that they end up in hell in such huge numbers, is their rejection of Rasulullah's call. In Ibn Mardawi, Nu'ib ibn Hamad, in his Al-Fitn, Ad-Dur Al-Mantur, and others. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he relates that our beloved messengers reported to have said, On the night of Isra and Mihraj, I was sent to deliver the message to Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj. I called them to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they refused. Thus, they are going to be in the hellfire together with those who disobeyed from the children of Adam والسلام, and the children of Iblis. So in this report, which suffers from weakness, however, is confirmed by the authentic report. During the night of Isra, the Prophet went to them. He gave them the message. They rejected it. So the Prophet said, three of them will enter hell. Those who rejected my message, those who rejected it from the children of Adam and the children of Iblis as well, which is interesting. It is established that Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not punish until he sends a messenger or they receive the message adequately. So where's the proof in the authentic hadith that they got the message? The famous narration where they're trying to dig out of the wall. And then finally they say, Insha'Allah, we'll come back tomorrow. And then they break through. Where did they get that knowledge from? Insha'Allah. Right? So the authentic hadith mentions they got knowledge. But they rejected the call of the Prophet. Thus, not only did the wretched Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj reject the glorious message, but also from the most glorious of messengers. Hence, only too well they deserve this fate. Because people get feel pity for them. They go, 999. What are those? Don't feel pity for them. Going back to their numbers. Abdullah ibn Umr, he relates that our beloved messenger said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divided all human beings into ten parts. Nine of these belong to Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj, whilst the remaining one covers the rest of the human beings of the entire world. This is in Hakim and his Mustadrak, Marif al-Quran, volume 5, page 662 of the English translation. So according to this report, there are nine to ten times more than the human beings. So at the moment, there's seven billion. So, educated guess, 70 billion of them at the moment, or 60 billion. And similarly, Abdullah ibn Amr, he said, the jinn and mankind are ten parts, nine parts of which are Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj, where it is the remaining part are the people. This is in Ibn Abi Hatim, Fattal Bari 13-114. We don't know how much it is there. We know they had a head start. <laughs> well, even them combined with us, the Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj are nine parts. <laughs> so now, you know, you can only hazard, I guess, how many they are. <laughs> and similarly, in Hakim in his Mustadrak state, Sahih, to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim, Zahabi Sahih, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, radiyallahu he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala divided the creation into ten parts. Nine parts are the angels, and one part is the rest of creation. Then he divided the angels into ten parts. 
Nine pots glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala night and day, never getting tired. And one pot conveys the message. Thereafter, he divided his creation into ten pots. Nine pots are the jinn. One pot is the children of Adam. He divided the children of Adam into ten pots. Nine pots are Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj. And one pot is the rest of mankind. So this is a flawless report. So let's look at this. All of creation, imagine how many creations are there? Trillions. 90% are angels. Somebody goes, how many angels? There you go. All of the alameen, 90% are angels. 10% rest of creation. Then the angels are divided into 10 pots. 90% they do worship. 10% pass the message. The 10% of creation was divided into 10 pots. Nine pots are jinn. Subhanallah. One pot, the children of Adam. And the children of Adam are split into 10 pots. Nine are Ya'juj and Ma'juj. And similarly, in Tabarani in his Kabir, Abu Dawood At-Tayalasi in his Musnad number 2282, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid number 12571, Sahih and Al-Bidayah. Abdullah ibn Amr radiyallahu anhu our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wa Ya ajuj and ma'ajuj are the children of Adam If they are sent they will destroy the economy of the people. Not one of them dies without leaving behind a thousand offspring. There are three other people amongst them. Ta'wil, Mars and Mansaq. So here, the Prophet wasallam said that if they are sent, you, they will destroy the economy. You'll have nothing left. So when people start saying, is it true that overpopulation can get rid of rizq? Yes. But don't you worry about it. He's Ya'juj and Ma'juj who will do that. And then the Prophet mentioned that when they die, don't think that their number is decreased. They <laughs> leave a thousand. You know, how do you leave a thousand you know, of your offspring? And similarly, in Tabarani, it is Ausat, number 3855. Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, 896 states, his chain contains Yahya ibn Sa'id, who is weak. Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, radiyallahu anhu, that our beloved messenger is reported to have said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Ajuj and Ma'ajuj is a nation. They are, they are a nation. Each nation was originally 40,000. None of them would die till he sees a thousand of his offspring carrying a weapon. So they initially were a huge number, but they've been multiplying prolifically. And each of them, children, will carry a weapon. So a thousand of them will mean that they're warlike. Ibn Hajar Askalani, he said, there is an authentic proof in Ibn Hiban that Ibn Mas'ud, that the Prophet said, verily in Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj, the least number that one would leave of his children is 1,000. This is in Ibn Hibban in his Sahih, number 6,789, Fattal Bari, 13-114. So the previous report is weak. Somebody goes, well, that can't be used then as a proof. Ibn Hajjad goes, there is an authentic proof. Well, look what he says in the authentic report, even more amazing. The least they would leave is 1,000. So don't think, so the more, they would, some will leave 2,000, 3,000, but the least is 1,000. Similar is mentioned by Abdullah ibn Amr himself. 
ریفر ٹو تبرانی ان اس کبیر اوسط حاکم ان اس مستدرک فور ڈیش فور نائن او صحیح زہبی صحیح ابن مردوی الہیتمی ان مجمع الزوائد ای ڈیش سکس نیس حسن اور سیمرلی عمران ابن حسین رضی اللہ عنہ ریلیس تر ابنو بن میسنگ کے سیٹ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بائی ہم ان ہوز ہن لائز دا سول آف محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم یو لیو ویڈ ٹو نیشنز اور دے ویڈ نات لیو اینیوے ویڈ انکریز اور سویل ایٹ ان نمبر دے آیا اجوج ان ما اجوج اس ان احمد ان اس مسند فور ڈیش فور تری فائف البدائیہ سو دا پروفیٹ سیٹ یور لیوینگ ویڈ دم سو سو پیپل سی انو دے کم ان دے فیوچر because you're living with them and they spelled your numbers you don't even realize Hafiz ibn Kathir commented here in Al-Bidayah 2-11 this means that Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj would be more in number this shows their numerousness and that they are more than people are their number is only known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so why am I mentioning all this how can they be Zionist Jews you have to reject everything I've just mentioned you understand you have to reject it When you say, no, 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 well, maybe the original ones. And he goes, look, even now, how many are there? So no interpretations are fine. But they have to be in line with revelation. If not, you put it in the dustbin. It has also been related. In Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abdullah Ibn Abbas, he once saw some children playing together and they were jumping over each other during their play. He thereupon said, Ya Ajuj and Ma Ajuj will do likewise. So, you see children, you know, if you put a bunch of children together in the play, you know, on the grass, they start jumping and playing with each other. Because that's what they're going to be like. Because there's so many, they're just literally climbing over each other. Like swarms, you say a swarm. Swarm of bees, swarm of locusts, you can actually say swarm of Yajuj Majuj. Our beloved messenger himself said in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Yajuj and Majuj will pour down the slopes every day until they seem like the rays of the sun. So don't think they just come as a swarm. You don't see an end to it. What is happening? And like the sun, the rays of the sun. And this is why here in this verse, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Surah Anbiya, Surah 21, verse 96. <laughs> And when Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj are released, who will then descend from every height. So now, there is one argument, and we'll touch upon it very briefly. Some have argued, how could such a monumental number of human beings not have been detected by now, when all, or most, of the entire world has been explored? whilst these have not even been detected? So that's a good question. Because look, we've got satellites, we've got this, we've got that. We can see a tire thread from the satellite in space and you're telling us that, you know, 60 billion or whatever they are, we, you, what is, what? it doesn't make sense. To this, one may say that although new discoveries have not as yet been detected, it does not necessarily rule out the possibility of their existence. Just logic. Just because you haven't found it, does it have to exist only when you find it? For this would be sheer ignorance or arrogance. Why? As if one is saying, we have not found them, so they do not exist. That's arrogance. This in reality signifies man's inability 
limited knowledge to encompass the unlimited kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's give you a few examples. For instance, the jinn. The jinn as mentioned are more numerous than mankind. Yet despite this, many of the so-called advanced civilizations deny the existence and label them as nothing but superstition. So why do we find it strange they deny Yajuj Majuj? Somebody goes, do you believe it? Yes. Oh. And they're more than humans. Look how ironic. More than humans and they deny it. Because there's no such thing as jinn. This is like folkloric legends that have reached us. Similarly, oil. Oil is regularly being found. Most recently in the Arctic. How much did they find? Millions of tons was detected. Somebody corrected me. He goes, no, billions. Billions of tons. Just before this, where was their marvelous state of the art of technology, which could not even detect such a vast quantity of this priceless commodity? Those with regards to Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj, the Almighty and Glorious might have similarly averted many of mankind from detecting their whereabouts, or he might have simply prevented them to obtain access to their places. So think about that. You know, very logical arguments you can give. And it's ghayb. A lot of the things in our deen is ghayb. No, everything is open. We believe in angels. Anybody seen angels? We don't believe in it. We don't believe in jinn. We don't believe in punishment of the grave. So do we go with that? We say, no, we reject that because it's clearly mentioned even though your senses can't detect it. Yeah, ajuj and ma'ajuj fall under the same thing. Finally, to those who persist and argue over this point, let them reflect seriously upon the words of no other than our glorious Lord. And what does he say? In Surah Al-An'am, Surah 6, verse 66 to 7. So you find it very easy. 666. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, But your nation have denied it. Whilst it is the truth, say to them, I am not over you a manager. For every news there is a finality. Soon you will know. So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you have denied it. I am not a wakil over you. I am not your life manager. Everything has a determined time. Soon you will know. Allah Ta'ala is telling you, soon you will realize what I've told you is true. So just to add this, they were detained by the great Zulkarnain. So now they were detained by him. But how do we know that they are released? And the report I'll say in summary. The hadith is in Tirmadi. And Shaykh Al-Bani Rahmatullah states a Sahih Hadith. He goes, they're digging through this wall that Zulkarnain built, Radiyallah. And they're about to break through. But then they goes, we'll come back tomorrow. And then the wall repairs itself. It's miraculous. Mm-hmm. Now, why is that fascinating? Because the wall that was built by Zulkarnain wasn't a normal wall. That's telling you that. Some people start using logic. Well, the walls all eventually crumble. And then you respond, do they repair itself? 
The people look at the report, they don't even realize what they're saying sometimes. It's a miraculous wall. So then they keep doing this. But then one fateful day, what do they say? Inshallah, we're going to come back tomorrow. And then it doesn't repair. And then they break through. So now, have they actually broke through yet? No. Because they've not emerged. So this wall is the key. It was built by Zulkarnain. And when did Zulkarnain come? The most authentic report mentions that he came in the time of the era of Daniyal. So why do I say that? So I'll give you the report before moving on. In Hakim in his Mustadrak, Behaki Abu Nu'aym in his Delay al-Nubu'a, page 9, Kanzul Omal, volume 5, page 322, Hafiz ibn Katin in Al-Bidaya states Sahih, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 47122 of the New English Translation. Sayyidina Hisham ibn As Umawi, he said, We said to Heraclius, Where did you get these images from? We know that they depict exactly what the prophets look like, for we have seen the image of our prophet exactly as he was. So it was Abu Bakr Siddiq's Khalifa. Some of the companions went to invite Heraclius to Islam. He hosted them and he showed them images. Because this is Adam, this is Nuh. And then they showed the Prophet and they got shocked because it's him. Then they asked him, because where did you get these images from? Heraclius said, these images were given to Adam. When he asked his Lord to show him the prophets from his progeny, they then lay in the treasures of Adam at the place where the sun sets. Refer to Surah Al-Qahf, Surah 18, verse 86, because he went there. Zulkarnain removed him from there and gave it to Daniyal. So who was with Zulkarnain? Daniyal, alayhi salatu wasalam. And he says, he went to the place where the sun said. That's where it was, the treasure. This authentic report establishes Zulkarnain, who was in the era of Daniyal. And he would instruct him by revelation. Because it mentions in the Quran, Qulna ya We said, O Dhulkarnain, Surah 18, verse 86. Thus, if the Almighty was not speaking to him directly, it must have been through the medium of a prophet. Daniyal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Because Dhulkarnain was not a prophet. The Prophet sallallahu he said in Behaki Hakim, and Shaykh al-Bani states Sahih in Sahih al-Jamil, number 5524. I do not know whether Dhulqarnain was a prophet or not. Mm. The prophet said it. But Ali said, Dhulqarnain was neither a prophet mm. nor an angel. But he was a human being who loved Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah ta'ala loved him. This is in Hakim in his Mustadrak, Sahih. Fattal Badi 6-295, Sahih. So he was a companion, a righteous man. So this was Dhulqarnain. So when they break through, then the havoc starts. When do they break through? Alhamdulillah, it's after the the the, the jal. Imagine they, they come out the same time as the jal. It's all over. So Allah Taala is keeping them in check. And there's other details, but we don't need to know. So I've mentioned it here. Why? Because it mentions in verse ninety six, until Ya'ajuj and Ma'ajuj are let through, either barrier, and they swiftly swarm from every elevated place. This is in, uh, there's a hadith in Ibn Majah, Ahmad Ibn Katir, the Prophet said, Ya Ajuj and Ma'ajuj will be let loose, they will emerge upon mankind. And then he recited, 
And they swiftly swarm from every elevated portion. So the Prophet said, they're not released yet. They will be released. So all these reports are so important. Why? Because people go on the internet and they listen to things. Right? And then eventually you, you don't even realize he's not even quoting revelation. He's just giving his own conspiracy theories. And then you think, makes sense, makes sense. But where's the revelation? And then you got the documented revelation. Does it, is it in line with that? And if it's not, then we say we don't accept that. Verse 97. Then will the true promise draw near. Then behold, the eyes of the unbelievers will fixedly stare in horror. Ah, woe to us. We were indeed heedless of this. Nay, we truly did wrong. So look how interesting. If you look at verse 94, Allah mentions deeds and righteousness and Iman. Verse 95. Any town that I destroy never comes back. We mentioned this last week. Then he mentions, yeah, Juj, my Juj. What's the link? The link is every town that we destroy doesn't come back. They're going to cause havoc. <laughs> Meaning all over the place, which is mentioned in the Hadith. In fact, even Jesus Christ, who's with us at the time, Allah tells him, I have sent some of my servants who nobody can tackle. Take your people to safety. And he climbs Mount Tut, even Jesus Christ. And then it says here, look how amazing. When the promise draws near, what does that indicate? It means Ya'juj and Ma'juj is hinting, they're coming towards near the end of time. Then behold, the eyes of the unbelievers will fixedly stare in horror. Ah, woe to us. We were heedless of this. No, we were the ones who did wrong. So now there's a very interesting phrase Allah uses here. He says, absar. The eyes of the unbelievers will fixedly stare in horror. So if you turn to another passage, in Surah 14, verse 42. In Surah 14, verse 42, the same phrase is used by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he mentions there, Think not that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not heed the deeds of those who do wrong. He gives them respite against the day when the eyes will fixedly stare in horror. So look at how interesting Allah uses the same phrase here. There's a report. Abu Mu'ayyad al-Makki, who died 568, in his Manaqib Imam al-Akram Abu Hanifa, page 12, he relates. Ibrahim al-Basri, rahmatullah relates. I was offering Fajr with Imam Abu Hanifa, rahmatullah and he recited this verse. Surah 14, verse 42. Think not that Allah Ta'ala does not heed the deeds of those who do wrong. Imam Abu Hanifa thereupon wept and his whole body started shaking and sobbing. So let's look at this. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Because don't you dare think that I am not aware of your sins. Why is Imam Abu Hanifa almost fainting? What sins was he committing? He's a righteous man. So he's thinking that, because this is shaitan putting that into your head. Because do you understand? Because maybe you'll get away with it. He puts these whispers into you. Allah goes, don't you dare think that. So now what's interesting about this? You go to another passage. In Surah 39, verse 47. Surah 39, 
verse 47. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says there at the end of the verse, but something will confront them from Allah which they could never have counted upon. <laughs> Look how interesting. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Surah 39 verse 47 at the end of the verse. Something Something will confront them from Allah which they could never have counted upon. What is this in reference to? So there's a hadith. In Qurtubi, in his tafsir, Ma'rif al-Qur'an, volume 7, page 571 of the New English Translation, Mufti Shafi, he said, he quotes the verse, Surah 39, verse 47, they will appear to them from Allah what they never imagined. He goes, Sufyan al-Thawri recited this verse, Rahmatullah and he said, ruined are those who did good deeds only to pretend their piety before people. He mentioned that twice. This verse is about them. They did good deeds in their mortal life to impress people who took them to be good people. But then he said this, even they themselves used to deceive themselves by thinking that these deeds will become a source of salvation for them in the hereafter. But as these were never performed with unalloyed sincerity, ikhlas, they deserve no reward in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So once they are in the life after death, the punishment comes upon them suddenly without them expecting. <laughs> Subhanallah. So what did Sufyan al say? When Allah Ta'ala says in this verse, but something will confront them from Allah, which they never expected. What's this never expected? They did riya, and they even deceived themselves. <laughs> Allah Ta'ala goes, you can even deceive yourself. You haven't deceived me. And then Sufyan Atwari goes, this is the one Allah Ta'ala is warning about. So let me ask you a question. Go back to the report of Imam Abu Hanifa. Why do you think he was weeping? He goes, do you dare think? Don't you dare think anything is away from my... But what was he really thinking about? He goes, am I even be deceiving myself? Am I think I'm doing something sincerely? Allah Ta'ala goes, no you're not. And you weren't even going to expect it. The punishment comes. Astaghfirullah. So now, what does it say in this verse? The same phrase, verse 97. Then will the true promise draw near. Then behold, the eyes of the unbelievers will fixedly stare in horror. Same passage. Ah, woe to us. We were indeed heedless of this. Nay, we truly did wrong. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to preserve us from the dreaded sin of Riyah. Amen. So I'll recite the verses. We will conclude. Adhubillahi mina shaitan al-rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Hadda idha futihat ya ajujo wa ma'ajujo wa hum min kulli hadabi yansilun Waqtarab al-wa'adu al-haq fa'idha hiya shakhisatun absaru al-lazina kafaru يا ويلنا قد كنا في غفلة من هذا بل كنا ظالمين. We pray to Almighty Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that He makes the Quran the Rabi of our hearts, and I pray to Almighty Allah Subhanahu that He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently made. Subhanallah bihamdi, Subhanallahumma bihamdi. Kashfullahi laqi illa anta astafirika tu bilik al bilaim rishda jib. Subhanallah Rabbi kalabil izzat ayma isifun. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Bismillahi rahman rahim. Walasr il insan lafi khusr. Lafina amanu wa amanu salihat. Walwasbil haq. Walwasbil sabr. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam.